You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 043. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 43. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Joy Junkie Show. It's Amy here. And if you are new with us, uh, we have an awesome lineup of guest hosts, as I am Sans Mr. Smith, my regular co-part, and uh, he's taking a little bit of a, a break for a few months, so I've got an awesome lineup of uh, other coaches and experts in, in my industry, and I'm super excited to have a, a pretty serious badass on the show today. As you know, we like to kind of vacillate between life topics and love topics, and today we have an awesome life topic. We're, we're just going to talk about having a hell of a fun time, how to really incorporate play into your everyday life. So um, I'm super excited to welcome Susan, Susan Hyatt to the show. Welcome, Susan. Hey, Amy. Thank you so much. I am a big fan of yours, so I'm very stoked to be here and to jam with you today and fill in. Oh my gosh. I love it. Thank you. Um, So I want to tell everybody a little bit about you so that they can be just as in love with you as I am. Uh, So let me tell you a bit about Susan and then we're going to shoot the shit like we like to do. Uh, So is it possible to get statistically luckier? After studies, after studying hundreds of the world's luckiest people, Susan Hyatt says, absolutely. As a life coach, author, and luck accelerator, Susan has been featured in the pages of Women's World, Cosmopolitan, the and O, oh, the Oprah Magazine, and on some of the hottest morning uh, talk shows in the U.S. and Australia, and has collaborated with world-class brands such as Seattle's Best Coffee and Ikea. Through her book, Create Your Own Luck, and her life-shifting coaching programs, live events, and ladies-only dinner parties, Susan has helped thousands of people get their lucky on. So we're going to talk a lot about... um, fun and excitement and luckiness and all this awesome stuff with Susan. And if you want to learn more about that, please swing over to shyatt.com and become your own lucky charm, which I can appreciate because I'm Irish. (laughs) Yay, so am I. Luck of the Irish. (laughs) Oh, the luck of the Irish. Uh, (laughs) Awesome. So um, before we jumped on, I was asking Susan, you know, because you guys know I – I always say that I like to talk about shit that does not matter at all at first and then get into stuff that does. So she was telling me that she is currently raising Ferris Bueller. (laughs) Bueller. 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 So I would love to know what you mean by that. Well, if any of your listeners already follow me on Facebook or have attended any of my classes or experienced me in any way, read my book, 
they know a little bit about Ryan Hyatt, who I lovingly <laughs> refer to as Ferris Bueller because he is 15 years old. He's a freshman in high school. And um, he just has the t- honey badger, Ferris Bueller energy where he is, <laughs> he has always been very outside of the box, super smart, almost too smart for his own good. And he likes to have a lot of fun and he likes to play too. So he is constantly scheming. And co- I mean, this mama, I am, I am on my toes 24 seven, keeping an eye on this boy and his shenanigans. I mean, it, everybody, all of the moms in town pretty much have me on speed dial because if something happens in their life, they're like, Oh, Susan Hyatt, she's probably already dealt with this with Ryan. <laughs> it's like, we're notorious in my town. So, Oh my God. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite stories about Ryan, um, and it's actually in my book, when he was about, and and I have so many teenager stories now, but this one will just give you a little idea. When he was 10 years old, um, he I, I never, to this day, my business hours pretty much end when school lets out. And I he yeah. walks home from high school now because it's just a block away, but um, I always do school pickup and, and I keep my hours pretty much 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Well, on, it was like a fluky kind of thing. And I had a class that I was teaching after school let out. And so I brought the kids home. Emily was eight. Ryan was 10. And, you know, bribed them. <laughs> like, please, just anything. Don't interrupt while I do this one hour call. Yes. And Ryan said, can I go ride my bike? And I thought, well, he's not really, he wasn't really a big bike rider, but I thought, okay, we'll just stay right around here and don't be gone long. Um, you know, it was daylight. We live in a very safe area. Okay, 10 years old, you want to go ride your bike? Great. And so I'm on this call and I start to notice that I didn't hear him come back in maybe after 30 minutes, okay. which was unusual for him. And so I send my husband a text and I say, I'm a little concerned. I'm on this call. Um, My office is all glass. So I can look out and see what, like, I can see far from my office. And I'm looking up and down the street and I'm not seeing little wheels coming. And so I said, I'm just a little concerned. He's not, he's not back from riding his bike. And so when my call was over 30 minutes later, still no Ryan. And immediately my phone rings and it's my husband. And he says, do you know where your son is? And I was like, no, that's why I was texting you. And he said, he basically took the GPS out of your car, took bungee cords and strapped it to his handlebars, (laughs) typed in his friend's address that lives six miles away and pedaled his little ass over across town because there was a cute girl that lived next door that he, he was, wanted to hang out with. He yes. was 10. He was 10. <laughs> he was 10 years old. And so at this point, it was starting to get dark. So all the neighborhood kids were like, okay, see you, Ryan. And he's sitting there with his bike like, oh, my gosh, now I have to ride all the way back home. And so... He act, he had a phone at the time, a little cell phone, and he called Scott and said, can you come pick me up? I'm over by Harrison High School. And so if it hadn't been 
a dangerous route home because it was it was oh busy God. roads and intersections i would have said do not pick him up make him ride every every mile home but i did i was concerned for his safety but when scott brought him home i was standing in the doorway and he's walking up our front walk and he has this swagger and he had and he had my GPS in his pocket, his front jeans pocket. And I was half proud at how <laughs> resourceful the little guy was and and half just wanted to kill him yeah. for taking off like that. But if that gives you any indication, five years later, oh. we're now talking about hormones, teenagers, oh. um, the shenanigans are nonstop. And so he gives me so much material for my coaching practice. He is starting to <laughs> ask for royalties. So there you go. <laughs> That's insane. Yes. Like, I'm like, if he's like that at 10. Yes. Mary, he's, mother of God. He's nonstop. Okay, so let's let's shift because clearly I'm already having like just a hell of a time. I'm already having a blast, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, and you really do. You exude that. And it's so fun to be around you, Susan, Thank really, you. truly. So I want to talk a little bit about how some people start falling into this trap where they they – even inadvertently have kind of eliminated fun and play from their world. So what do you think causes that, do you think? Um, I think that people get caught up in the rules, what they think they're supposed to do, um, and overachieving and getting things done. So I know for me, um, I lost my sense of play and fun in my um, early 30s, and I got it back, thankfully. Um, but what I noticed happened to me was that I I was so focused on what I should be doing, right, and what everyone's expectations were of me that I put that before what would make me happy and who I really was. And so honest to goodness, the, the women, um, who I work with and talk with, it's, it's always a battle between their belief systems around who that the, they should be in service to their families, their husbands, their bosses, everybody that they know and that what they want or crave comes last because that's, it's, it's selfish to do otherwise. And right. so I think that that's mainly what happens. Yeah. I, de I definitely agree. And I, I also think that there's, there's just plain old forgetting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like we, you know, when you, when you delve into something really demanding, whether it's parenthood or new career or education or school or something where there feels like a lot of weight around the importance of that role, I think we just kind of, we just bury ourselves and we just plain old forget to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... It that's certainly fun was always an afterthought for me. So, um, I think you're right. I, um, I 
fun to me was something you could do later when everything else was done. Right. Right. Well, and that's another thing that I think gets in people's way is they think um, that it looks a certain way. Like the only way to play or the only way to have fun is to go on a vacation or have a night out. And we forget that there's actually a lot of ways to incorporate incorporate fun and play into things like your relationship or your um, your relationship with your children or work. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think that's – that's awesome. And we also get – I also think people have sort of a weird notion sometimes about being an adult or being responsible mm-hmm. and it, it, it like what does t- having too much fun mean? Does it mean that you're not buckled down? Does it mean that you're not responsible or, you know? So I think what you pointed to as far as our notions, our beliefs around – this other stuff is more important. You know, we get locked into that and don't realize that there's a shit ton of wiggle room. Yeah. Um, I think that what I have come to learn is that fun makes us more effective at everything. And it took me getting to a place where I was having no fun, had lost all my ideas about fun. Mm-hmm. Um like almost rock bottom with fun um, for me to start to say, you know what, I'm going to start enjoying myself and I'm going to start bringing some of this back into, because it's naturally who I am yes. and, and it's naturally who everybody, I mean, if you look at babies and little kids, I mean, certainly there's a, a wide range of what fun is for people, but you know, little kids know how to have some fun. Right. And you know, I think you're right. People forget. I think the expectations thing um, is huge. And and it. I think it's different for women and men. Not that one's worse than the other at all. I, I actually think the guys have it a little worse than we do in terms of losing their sense of fun hmm. pretty early on because of their sense of responsibility. Right. Yeah. I could definitely see that. You know, what's, what's interesting too – I remember when I was in I love that I love that you brought up this the the concept around children and kind of like how we're innately designed because I remember when I was uh, in coach training we were really doing a lot of work around being present you know and what it means to actually stay in the present moment and how you when you watch children they are so in the moment like we're naturally present at a young age, you know, like that's why mm-hmm. they'll be in the depths of despair and then all of a sudden it's total euphoria and, right. <laughs> you know, in, a, in the blink of an eye, right? Right. Um, and so it, and then, but then as we get older, somehow, you know, due to society or environmental changes or whatever, we become really either past affiliated or future affiliated. So we go, okay we we dwell so much on our history or we what's next what's next what's next and we're rarely in the present moment um and so it it just reminded me of that because I think that's that's a huge piece of it is we're naturally designed to have fun and to be in that present moment you know so we can certainly get back to it yes absolutely I mean it's it's part of our nature um and and you can you can look around at different cultures even and see how 
certainly our Western society is so much more serious than some other parts of the world. And so it's just interesting to look at, well, what's different about it? What's different about it is what they think about it and what their attitudes are. And you can totally change that. Right. Like, where? How did we lose taking an entire month off like they do in Europe? Like- oh, girl, I know. And, <laughs> and and do you know, there was a coach that I went through coach training with named Marquita Thompson. I totally give her credit for this. Um, I remember when I started my coaching practice, she talked about how she took, I think it was the whole summer off. And I remember thinking, what the hell? What? You take the whole summer off. And so I started thinking, well, what would be a good time for me if I wanted to start taking more time off? And and so I actually take a full month during the holidays off, um, starting like uh, the second week of December through the second week of January. And and you know what? I mean, it it's it has become just a thing that I do. Yes. And it, you, know, you know how when you're getting ready for a vacation, say you're leaving on a Friday, you get everything done on Thursday. You get more done on Thursday than you did all month. Yes. And um, that's kind of how November and early December is for me. It's like I just get my stuff done and I take a month off. And, and that's not uncommon for many parts of the world. Right. Well, and that goes back to, again, uh, our notions, you know, our beliefs. And I remember when I transitioned from, you know, more of a corporate type of environment into running my own business, it really became blaringly obvious that we're not designed to be like that. We're not supposed to, you know, it's like the whole work to live, live to work thing. Like, I almost felt guilty because the the joy quotient was upped so much in my life because I felt like, wait, wait, am I supposed to? No, wait a minute. Yeah, this is how we're designed. We're supposed to enjoy each day. We're not supposed to be in a rat race. Uh, But it's a mental shift. You know, you have to address it a little bit. Absolutely. And, and, you know, when I kind of hit this wall of where I had lost all of mine, I was, um, I was in real estate, residential real estate at the time. And my mom was coming to visit for Easter. And she said, you know, I can't wait to see you. But my only real request is that could you please, please, please not work while I'm there. Mm -hmm. And I I was like, okay, I promise, promise. And um, I'll never forget this as long as I live, because it was a huge pivotal moment in my life. I had some out-of-town clients I had worked with for months, and we had narrowed it down to three homes. Um, They decided because their kids were off of school and they had a little bit of a holiday for the Easter weekend that they were going to come back in town and put in an offer. But they didn't tell me until they got here. And so they arrived in town and sent me an email and said, an excited email, hey, we want to put an offer in on whatever, 123 Happy Street. And I remember I was so torn because it was the biggest real estate sale I had ever made to that point. And, wow. and I, but I had promised my mom and I was so conflicted and I, I did work on a holiday and I did sell the house, but I was just like a shell. I was so distraught about where I thought my life had, what had happened to me. And my mom said, you know what, how about I keep the kids for you all day tomorrow and you just go do whatever you want. 
And I remember standing in my kitchen and crying because I had no idea what I would go do. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no sense of playfulness and fun. I remember thinking, well, I could go grocery shopping by <laughs> myself. I could <laughs> or, get something done. Yeah. Yeah. I could get something done. And so that was the moment for me where things started to change because she said, you know what? This isn't you. This isn't the Susan I know. I don't know what's happened, but you're not fooling me. And so it was really this swift kick in the ass from my Southern mama that, that got me to start thinking about having more play and fun. Wow. Yeah, there's, there is something to be said for that, like, fall on your face moment when you mm-hmm. realize something has to shift. Like, I cannot continue operating this way. It's just not worth it. Right. It's you know. not. I mean, I was like, I really don't care how much money I lose from now on. I'm making a change. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about let's talk about some ways, maybe outside of the box ways. I've got a little list over here myself, but I would love to look at what are some ways to actually incorporate play and fun, you know, that that we could share kind of with the listeners and that they could do on an everyday basis. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, here's one of my favorite tips. And this is something that I started um, doing with a client because it was client homework. Um, and I and I grabbed this idea from my friend Jackie Gartman. Um, I had this client who she, I can't really say what company she worked for, but she worked for a, a, a huge global company and she was um, in crisis management for them. And honest to goodness, the woman hadn't seen a movie in three years. She slept with her cell phone under her pillow. Um, she was, she was seriously distraught and not loving life at all. And so one of the things I challenged her to do to try to get her to, uh, she had a lot of control issues around work and I was trying to get her to have some more fun. So we started, I proposed to her something that I call Jackie calls fun Fridays and it's, Ooh. it's basically, oh yeah. So basically what I do is I, I do not work on Fridays. Every Friday is fun Friday and I do whatever I want, whatever feels like fun to me. And so my client was not ready to take a whole day off of work and, and start doing fun Fridays, but she was able to, she started to do, take like two hours on Friday mornings to have coffee with her girlfriend. And, and so the beginning of fun Fridays um, started and I was doing it with her. And what we both started to notice over time was that on Thursday we were jamming, you know, we were getting everything yeah. done so that fun Friday was available to us. And I started to notice that my creativity shot through the roof, that I was, I, I am not kidding you. My bottom line increased 25%. Yes. After observing fun Fridays for, I don't know, I would say I started noticing a boost in my income after 90 days. Um, my client started to notice that, Hey, everything is still getting done at work. The Mm -hmm. sky has not fallen. Mm -hmm. And so she started increasing the amount of time she was spending on fun Friday. She started delegating more, um, she started to notice that she was able to handle things better, that um, she, this particular client started losing weight. And so this is, this is a part of my life. 
that Fridays are fun. Fridays are reserved as my day. And, and, and I've had clients who I've introduced this to, who actually their fun Friday needed to be around, you know, very quiet activities, sleeping in, Mm. going to yoga, reading a book. So it doesn't have, fun doesn't have to be a rock concert every Friday, although that would be awesome to me. Right. Um, (laughs) It could be be very quiet activities, but I would challenge people to start thinking about fun Fridays or whatever day of the week it is that you could do it. And if you can't take a whole day, maybe you could do something in the morning or leave work early and do something that afternoon, but make it a weekly tradition and just start to notice what happens for you. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And you know what would be a great place to look is are there areas in your life where you don't think that it can be fun, you know, like we, if, if you hate your job, you know, we think, Mm -hmm. we think there's no way to incorporate fun into that. So it might even be good to look at the area that brings you the most kind of angst and start Mm -hmm. looking at, is there a way that I can create a game or something like this fun Friday concept around, around this thing that I usually dread? Can I make a fun game out of it? Um, I remember, <laughs> oh my God, if the company I used to work for knew that I did this, they, <laughs> they would die. But I, um, I used to, you know, work as a makeup artist and it was when I was transitioning into, when I was going to coaching school and learning a bunch of, you know, this modality and, you know, m- making a transition into uh, having my own practice. So I, I was basically dying a slow death. I was having a really hard time staying in that environment because I was like chomping at the bit to start this new chapter. Mm -hmm. But I needed to stay there for, you know, financial reasons and things. And so I knew there was an end game. But I was like, oh, my God, I'm here for a reason. How do I have a little fun with this? So, you know, because we're as a makeup artist, you're supposed to be demoing makeup, doing makeup all the time. But I was over it. So I would see (laughs) if I could go, how many days I could go without pulling any brushes out of my brush belt and like not, not dirtying any of my (laughs) brush. Like see if I could actually get away with not doing any makeup like the entire day. And it was so fun for me, you know, but it was horrible as an employee. But so uh, anyway, I'm just saying like there's always creative ways to make mundane tasks actually fun for you. You just have to be committed to finding it. I love this point and it was something similar on my list too in that um, I think a lot of times we focus on what fun activity can we do and and it definitely has to start with you bringing a fun energy to everything. And so I love how you're saying bring bring some fun into a place that normally isn't fun. And I know when I was transitioning from real estate into coaching, um, what I challenged myself to do was to bring coaching into real estate. And so I was having a lot of fun coaching people at the closing table and learning, practicing how to let go and, 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 um, bringing more fun into it. And it was probably the best 
that transition period was about 90 days and it was probably the most fun I had in real estate. And the only thing that changed was my mindset around it. Um, so I know for sure, you know, fun's not going to pull up in your driveway and honk three times or come to the door. You, you have to decide how could I make this more fun for myself? How could I better it for myself? And, um, even if something is fun, like I was on the phone with a client a couple months ago and she was turning 40. I turned 40 this year. And so it was all about like, how are we going to make 40 amazing? And, and she was going to a concert with her girlfriends to celebrate her 40th and which is already amazing and fun. I was like, how could you amp it up and make it even more fun? She's like, Oh my gosh, we can have champagne at this great place right around the corner. And we're going to totally do that now. And so when, you're thinking about whether it's something you don't want to do or something that's already fun. I do like to ask myself that question. How could I make this fun or how could I make it even more fun? Because we can get kind of stuck in a rut, even with our fun. That's true. Yes, that's so true. I think wasn't, I think it was you, Susan, who told me about, (laughs) like a like a dysfunctional family bingo or something oh like yes ma'am dysfunctional <laughs> family bingo that's a that's a Martha Beck tool and I trot that out all the time it, it's it was introduced or intended to be used around the holiday season because you're you know you may be with people that you don't necessarily your family of origin perhaps it can be a challenge for you. And instead of like railing against it, like, oh my God, you know, I don't want to go because they're going to do all these things. Um, You can make a mental bingo card or actually write it out and say what's going to happen that may trigger you. But if you're anticipating it happening, you can laugh. And, and so, so my girlfriend, Stacy and I, every Christmas Eve play dysfunctional family bingo and we will text each other. Like I got a B, I got an I. And, um, I always win. She's like, I don't know why I play with you, but the (laughs) the person who loses has to buy the other person coffee. But what happens is it turns a situation that might be um, unpleasant or that you're dreading into something that's fun. And so that is a game that you can play dysfunctional office bingo. Anytime you're going to be in a situation with other people that, that might not be fun, you can say, Oh, you know, so-and-so is going to join the the conference late. So-and-so is going to, you know, guilt go trip to us, guilt trip us, go to the bathroom four times, ask to borrow money, you know, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> if you can, if you can anticipate that it's going to happen, you can actually make it fun for yourself. And I, I do think a caveat here would be to make sure that your focus is on finding humor in all of this because the last thing we want to do is send you out with some checklist and you're like, see, my mom's always a chronic victim. <laughs> see, my brother always asks for money. See, and, and like yes. making it like where you're Negative. searching out evidence of things that you hate. You you really have to watch your focus and make sure that you are looking at the humor in your family dynamic and accepting it as such, not being angry at it. I, I do think that's kind of worth mentioning. That's a good distinction because it's not about being negative. It's more what happens is if you just, uh, instead of trying to control whether or not people do things that are annoying and you just yes. allow them to be who they are, you can kind of laugh at it and be like, there it is, you know? <laughs> 
so-and-so asking for another 500 bucks or whatever's going on. And for me, it has made difficult get-togethers enjoyable yes. because it shifts my energy to fun. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love that one. I actually started using that one and I thought it was just hysterical. <laughs> um, yeah, that actually came out of a, another interview that we did with you ages ago. But, I forgot um, about that one. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Um, something I do, I don't know if you do this at all either. Like if if I have to write copy or um, something usually in my business where where I'm not super excited about doing it, I will try to see how fast I can do it. Like set a timer mm-hmm. and be like, you know, and just make a game about it to see instead of being like, drag my feet, you know, and just see how fast it can go. Yeah, I think that that's a great tip. And I, and I, um, I do something similar where I will reserve a reward for myself until it's finished. So I am not at all opposed to having fun with bribery. And <laughs> yes. you know, so if I have to do something in particular, like, you know, get through my email, I was just out of town for a week. And so my inbox is just crazy town. And so I do, I will look at the clock and say, okay, if in 30 minutes you can get through some of these emails, then you can go Facebook or then you can go call your sister and fill her in, or then you can go make some tea, whatever. Yes. Yes. Reward systems. I love it because even, I, I, I just feel like no matter how lucrative your business is, no matter how successful you are, no matter whatever, there's always going to be those little tasks that that are important that you get done, but they don't bring you thrill and you don't enjoy them. So can you cloak them in fun somehow? Oh, cloak them. I love this. I'm stealing that. (laughs) Wearing a fun cloak today. Just make sure you credit me. (laughs) I am. I'm going to quote you right now on Facebook. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Um, I'm curious if you have anything. I don't even know if you need anything with your kids, but is there anything you guys do as a family that you really incorporate fun? You Seems know what? Like it just organically happens. It organically happens because we're all quirky people. However, um, something that I noticed last year um, – we bought a lake house and it has been the, a, a huge source of fun for us. Um, you know, my kids can bring their friends and, and we love to boat and jet ski and all those things. And um, a family friend was commenting to me about the fact that she said, you know, you guys have so much fun down there together you know, we, we, it's an hour and a half from our house and the lake, there's not a lot around the lake. Um, there's, if you're on a boat, you're all together as opposed to at home, we can tend to all go to our corners. You know, Ryan will go to the man cave in the basement. Emily will go to her room. I'll come to my office. You know, Scott, who's ADHD kind of wanders from room to room (laughs) talking to everybody. But, um, but it's sort of like at the lake, there's a lot more togetherness. And I was talking about that and I was like, I wonder how 
I could bring more of the energy from the lake to our house in Evansville because it is more fun there. Obviously, it's water sports and, you know, right. it's, it's all about fun. And so one of the things that I noticed that definitely happens down there that doesn't always happen here are mealtimes together. And a lot of families that I talk to because of sporting events or after school activities or, you know, parents are volunteering, people aren't eating together as yeah. often. And it sounds kind of hokey and cliched, but, you know, I think it can be a lot of fun to just simply be present and be with one another. So with my family, I would say I've made much more of an effort for us to actually be together so that we're enjoying uh, each other's fun. And then the other thing in terms of, of families having fun that I think is important is to try and enjoy each other for who each other is. So, so for example, Ferris Bueller is is constantly um, coming up with crazy, I don't want to say crazy ideas, but he's constantly coming up with schemes that as a parent, it's very quick to say, oh, that'll never happen. Or make it you, wrong. Or, yeah, yeah. Why are you going to waste your time with that? Or, or point out all the ways that that is ridiculous. And we do this to kids all the time. Yep. And, and what I've started doing and our relationship has improved a million fold is to just really back off and say, tell me more about that. And, and how, you know, how do you think that, um, you'll be able to do that? And, and just by getting them, even, even the crazy stuff, listen to it, ask yourself mm. if you're building something up instead of t tearing something down. And, you know, I know after raising this child for 15 years and my daughter too, it's like people just want to be heard. And, and by just listening to his, um, stories, you know, if he's, if he does eventually, um, skydive into Harlem, great. Go skydive into Harlem, Ryan. I want video of it. <laughs> right, right. But you know, it's like, instead of saying, oh, that's crazy. You'll never be able to do that. What are you going to do when you land? It's like, Go rock on with that, Ryan Hyatt. Let's see it happen. Right, right. Yeah, that's – oh, that's such a good point because even, you know, like what we were talking about earlier with the, you know, kind of like that childlike wonder where everything's possible. You know, we we get to a place in adulthood where through whatever it is, these external forces or whatever, it, it, it what's possible gets completely shut down. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I love so much about the coaching modality is that anything really is possible. It, you don't hire a coach to tell you about finite, limited options. You hire a coach so they stand in your corner and go, anything's possible. As big as you can dream, you can create. Mm -hmm. And we, we limit that in our relationships because we have, you know, whatever for whatever reason, we have limited reasons or notions about what is or is not possible and so inadvertently we become total naysayers at each other like mm -hmm. oh well they, you know that's not the state of the economy and oh uh, uh. so even just watch yourself how many ideas do you shut down mm -hmm. you know yeah and it can be fun just to just to brainstorm just to listen just to just to even if you think oh my gosh never in a million years could this happen 
you can allow yourself to have fun with the possibility. Yes. And dwelling on the possibility of like a grandiose fantasy is way more fun than dwelling on a catastrophic outcome. Like, yes. so it's like you might, if you're going to be a few, you know, um, a fortune teller and you're going to say, well, that won't work in the future, you will, you don't really know. So why wouldn't you forecast something awesome? Like, right. I, I don't know. Uh, that's just my perspective on the matter, but. Totally love it. I totally agree. I mean, it's, you know, I often, my husband and I can get caught coaching one another around <laughs> parenting and and he is he is much more quick to to be reasonable with our children right. and and I think you know well what's the harm and just letting them explore that idea you know what's yeah. the harm in saying well what if what if you could do that right yes like why not you know we've got some sort of fear around Getting our hopes up. Get your fucking hopes up. Yes. It's oh. fun to get your hopes up. <laughs> oh my God. So I know we're we're getting down there on time, but I, I, I just wanted to mention something quickly that I do with my husband. Um, and then I would love to turn it over to you if you have any other final thoughts you wanted to share. Uh, but we started doing this. I don't know. It was a really silly turn of events, but we started taking an empty pill bottle and we, it was like a generic, you know, like naproxy sodi is what we call it, naproxen sodium. And mm-hmm. we put all these stickers on it, all these like heart stickers. And then we started hiding it around the house for each other. So I would be getting into my cereal and all of a sudden this like <laughs> pill bottle falls into my cereal. Or I put it in his, in like he has this huge jar of lotion that he keeps in his car. And so I like stuck it in there and he was like, really? Really? In the hand cream. So, and so it's kind of like a little fun, gotcha. It takes no time at all. But it adds this element of play to one another. And then we started getting incorporating more. Like we did a travel size one. And so you'd find that in weird places. And um, That's it, so cute. But it's just something. I mean, you could even, it doesn't even, I don't even know how we got pill bottles. It's just such a bizarre random thing. You could take, I tell people, just grab like a, a queen of hearts or a king of hearts out of a deck of cards and hide that for each other. And That's so cute. I want to do that today. Do it. It's so fun. My sister and I, my sister, my mom, and I had a pair of granny panties that were hot pink (laughs) that I think my mom bought. I can't remember. It was a joke, like a gag gift. And so we pass around the granny panties. When we visit one another, we'll hide it in each other's houses and leave and wait for them to find it. It is the same kind of thing. And it's hilarious. And it's like, dang it. They got me. Yes. So I actually have the granny panties now, and it's my sister's turn. I've got to get her the next time I visit. That's awesome. And it's just it's just those simple things. It doesn't mean you have to schedule a full-blown game night. Right. It's, right. You know, it's these little things that you can just start getting a little giddy, a little creative, and it just adds a little – a different energy kick to your day, you know? Yes. So any, any final thoughts or anything you would really like to, to leave everybody with? You know, I think the, the thing I most would love for our listeners to get is that 
fun is your nature. You can absolutely bring fun back and do it in small little turtle step ways. So, so the first thing is to decide that you're going to bring an energy of fun to your life because you deserve it. And then secondly, um, Start thinking about uh, when my clients say, well, I don't even know where to start with having more fun. Um, If you're on social media, think about when you're flipping through your friend's pictures, what are you jealous of? Like where, where, what are you craving? What do you see people doing that you think, oh, if I had more time or more money or, or whatever your excuse is that you would do? I would start there and I would start maybe making a list of potential things that you could try because I think a lot of times people are so worn out that they can't even think of what would be fun. And right. and honestly if you can't think of what would be fun maybe it's a nap. But start <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but sm- start small and commit to yourself that you're going to create more fun. <laughs> Oh my God. For me, I'd be like, uh, I think I need a whiskey ginger. (laughs) (laughs) I will be right there with you, girl. Give me a highball, baby. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And you know, I love, I always love to share with people like it, you know, there's that great quote. It doesn't matter how far down the wrong road you've gone. You can always turn around. So if you think you've become a fuddy-duddy and, you know, just like you said, Susan, it's just small little steps. Just do something. Just choose. Choose it. Decide it that you're going to incorporate this into your life. You'll find a way. So they can find everything about you at shyatt.com, right? Yes, ma'am. Perfect. That's kind of like the central locale to start stalking you. Yes, and please do. And I'd love to be Facebook friends. Yes. Everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So um, please go check out Susan at shyatt.com. If you haven't done so already, please swing by thejoyjunkie.com. Grab your free life and love digital kit. And also, just a little side note, the more iTunes reviews, preferably good ones, <laughs> we get, uh, we are, we get in more, uh, directories and we get more visibility. So if you dig the show, please go cruise by and, uh, give us a nice little thumbs up and some words of encouragement. Um, yeah, so I think that's everything. Thank you so much for being here, Susan. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a blast. So, so appreciate it. All right, guys. So we'll see you next week. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. This is Susan and Amy signing off.